Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 107 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now, which is brought to you daily by Digitex, wishing you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. At 135 today, we'll hook up with a guy who, uh, an unheralded guy who sniped a huge overtime goal uh, for the uh, Montreal Canadiens late 1970s, uh, was part of a change of a rule uh, with who got their name on the Stanley Cup. And, oh, by the way, Grew up and was best friends with one of the most legendary wrestlers of all time, that being Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, we'll talk to former Oiler Cam Connor. We are uh, going to tell you that you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. As we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, we are pleased to be joined on the line by NHL insider Frank Saravelli. Our orders now headliner for Wilhock beef jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock. W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We haven't had Frank on the show for about five years because uh, he's been with TSN for the last several years. He is now known uh, by a term, GDI, that used to be deployed in the fraternity business for guys that would not uh, were independent, and it's gall darn independence. I was not a GDI. I was the guy nobody wanted, but uh, I think there might be uh, some interest in Frank out there. We welcome him back to our show at this time. He's definitely a guy that grinds and works hard. Frank, welcome back to Oilers Now. How you doing? Hey, Bob. Thanks a lot for having me back. Yeah, really glad to, to join you. Yeah, it's been, a, it's, it's been a while. I haven't seen you in a, a year and a half. Uh, for the listeners, I know. Uh, the listeners should know this. You did come to Edmonton uh, two or three times, and you, you once wrote an infamous piece where you predicted that the Oilers would win the Stanley Cup <laughs> at the start of the 17th. Is that how we're really going to renew our relationship <laughs> on air? Is you reminding me of that and you reminding everyone else of that? I, I jumped the gun a little bit, but I feel like the Oilers since then are at least trending in the right direction. Can you at least give me that? I, oh, I, hey, I mean, I'm come on, I'm the internal optimist. Everybody 
knows that. Uh, yeah, I think, look, I think they have a good team right now. I think they're finally going to have some cap space this summer. I think they have a chance of a really good team next year. Uh, mm-hmm. they've, they've got great top load of talent. You talk to a lot of managers around the league. Uh, have the owners maybe exceeded? They didn't accomplish what everybody thought back in 1718, but in 1920 and 2021, uh, you know, this is a team that's a, was going to be a legitimate playoff team both uh, both seasons. Obviously, we had the pandemic last year. How much do you think of that is tied to the fact that they had the, the two highest scoring players in the league both years and the best power play in the league by a considerable margin both years? Yeah, I think that's really a lot of the success that the Oilers have had has been on the shoulder and shoulders and backs of McDavid and Dreisaitl and that power play. There's no question. And so I think, you know, as you get to this point when the rubber meets the road in the Stanley Cup playoffs, that's sort of the one big question mark is, you know, you always go into it thinking that, you know, you're well prepared. And I think it gives you some answers in terms of, what the rest of your team looks like, right? And do you have the depth to compete? And so, you know, in a game one where there was such an outpouring of frustration, you know, in the market based on, you know, the, the lack of production from McDavid and Dreisaitl, I look at that personally as the exact opposite. Um, I, I, I'm not the, the person that's going to be pointing the finger at either one of those two players. My question is, where are the rest of the guys in your lineup? Do you have the depth that you need to compete at this level. And that was always going to be one of the real advantages for the Winnipeg Jets in this series. Now, will Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisett will get it going? I have zero doubt and question about that. There's the, the history that you can point to in both of their, their careers, their young careers in terms of playoff production, McDavid a point per game, Dreisett a 1.22 points per game. They're going to figure it out, but they could also use a little bit of support and that's another reason why, as you hit on it, this is going to be maybe the biggest offseason in Edmonton Oilers history in terms of putting all the pieces together finally because it's been building to this point. You know, you guys have gotten into the playoffs. You've had a little bit of taste of success in the regular season. Now it's about taking that to the next level, next level. and it's been a patient sort of building process for Ken Holland since he took over. And this is kind of when it was all pointing towards that. Now let's see what we can accomplish in the meantime in this playoff run. I don't agree with everything that Ken Hitchcock has said over the years. Um, but you, you on your podcast that you do with uh, Jason Greger, I know that you had Hitch on. And there was the 9-4-1 the and one talk at the NHL level. And that was – there's variations of that. Rich Winter has spoken in the part about a 3-2-1 and one scenario, three of the top 25 forwards, two of the top 20 defensemen, one of the top 10 goalies. If you have that, you can win every year. Maybe shed some insight. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, yeah good luck. So go for it. Maybe shed some insight on what uh, sort of on Hitch's more, uh, you know, deeper sort of perspective on what was required to have a legitimately uh, good team, that could, a, a team that could go from maybe being good like the orders have been the last two years to become an elite. Yeah, and I think that stuck with me so much since he said it on the pod was that the exactly what you talked about, the nine four one ratio where you can have nine forwards, four defensemen that you can throw out over the boards at any time in any situation and you're you feel confident in terms of not only can they compete, but can they win the battle. And I think that's the one thing about where the Oilers are right now is there's no question that the top-end talent is there in a way that it doesn't exist with any other franchise. The thing is, are they at the point yet where all nine forwards that they're throwing out there 
you can feel that same confidence? And I think the answer would be no. And, and as I was kind of alluding to in that, in the first answer, the Jets have that. And if they don't, they're really close or a lot closer to it than the Oilers are. And so, you know, that's the one thing, you know, expectations when you get to the playoffs are enormous and no one's absolving anyone of anything, but Connor McDavid was on the bench for 37 minutes in game one. You need other people to produce and you need other players that can contribute. And so, uh, you know, if you could get just a tad more of that at times, um, I think the Oilers would be in a much different situation. And also, you know, it also depends on how you're deploying things. Like, you know, the Oilers could look a lot different tonight if Dave Tippett decides to load up as he did or suggested in practice yesterday, going with Dreisaitl and McDavid on the same line. We're joined by Frank Cervelli, Bob Stauffer with you at Oilers. Now, Frank, it's interesting, like the Leafs last night, and we'll get to the Tavares thing in a second and also hit on Nazem Kadri in this, but, uh, you know, Matthews and Marner, I mean, those guys are tremendous players. They played a ton together this year, like over mm-hmm. 80% of their 5v5 time. Drysettle and McDavid played about 40%. But I, I do sense at times when there's failure, there's like, I, well, let's let's look at what Cathal, Cathal Kelly said after Pittsburgh lost game one of their series. He went after Sidney Crosby. I'm like, Crosby just had a great year for a 33-year-old. He's still one of the top five players. Do you, everyone's allowed their opinion here, and I don't mm-hmm. But it seems at times there's some guys that like to target teams' best players for failure when maybe there's not the same depth on every team. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not just the same depth, but I think it's an easy comparison to make in other sports. You say, oh, well, look at LeBron James. He shows up and he gets his team to the NBA Finals every year. You look at a star quarterback like a Tom Brady and you say, look at how many times he's been to the Super Bowl. Well, hockey just doesn't operate the same way. That's why it's so much more difficult to build a, a not just a winner, but a consistent winner, and also with the way the salary cap works and the parity that's in place in this league. You know, you can have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but if you don't have the complementary pieces because they're not on the bench, you know, they're not on the ice the entire game, like a LeBron James is on the court almost the entire game, or Tom Brady's on the field for more than half the game, depending on how much you have the ball. It's a totally different situation, and it's not apples to apples. So that's there's sort of that um, that comparison that's always out there. And I just think at times it's unfair. It's a different sport. Um, and just I'm not – I don't – there's no questions left for me to answer for Connor McDavid. To me – the question is when, not if, he's going to be able to, to lead his team to a Stanley Cup. It, it's going to happen. He's too good for it not to. And, you know, to see him and the way that he plays and shows up, I also expect a different look tonight. You know, I, I love when, um, you know, you start the game, if McDavid's not on the ice for opening puck drop, you see him and the broadcast inevitably cuts to it all the time. He's got a water bottle, he's squirting it, he's spraying it, whatever. And I always think to myself, that's that's not water in there. That's jet fuel. That's a guy that's getting ready to rev up the engines, and you see it. Uh, sometimes he just has a different look look in his eye, and I'd expect that in game two. All right. What were your thoughts as you were watching John Tavares last night? I mean, I knew right away. I knew right away, is like, oh, that's a bad. Mm-hmm. That, that was a car accident on the ice. It was, uh, how, were you, were you scared? I think she- Sheldon Keefe had the best word uh, to describe it, and that was uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I've been at hundreds of NHL games. 
Um, I've seen really gruesome injuries. I was there the night Chris Pronger almost lost his eye. Uh, I've seen multiple players knocked out cold, um, and, and it's never comfortable. But I, I, I actually had I was actually squirming in my seat, you know, on my couch uh, watching. Like it just it didn't feel right. And to see the panicked response from the trainers, who are usually so calm, um, you know, just in terms of treating him, it really it was ugly and it was unfortunate the way it all played out because there's been so much talk and feigned outrage today. Um, with the response, and I, I am disappointed that Corey Perry did have to answer for what was clearly an accident, um, you know, and good on him for taking the fight, but I, I just felt like it was unnecessary given, you know, the fact that everyone could see it was an accident. Yeah. Uh, did you, like, I thought both Felino and Perry did a great job post-game in terms of dealing with the questions, and Felino was pretty succinct with his response. Was that acceptable to you as to why he did? That's our captain laying on the ice in a discussion. Is that? Yeah, I mean, I, I get that, and I get that sort of response. Um, but I think the other part of it that didn't really get discussed that was probably true, and it would have helped if he mentioned it, the the team looked shaken after that and you could tell it took the wind out of the sails of not just the Leafs but also the Habs like you have a 10 15 minute wait and the guys are you know nervous they don't like seeing it could have been anyone they all know it they think about it and you know my, my guess is a big part of why Nick Foligno decided to do it was to try and get his team back energized and, and try and wake them up but um, that part goes unsaid. All right, I'm going to do a, a, one more question about the here and now, and then we're going to get into some future contracts. Uh, very quickly, uh, Nazem Kadri. We definitely don't see him again against uh, uh, St. Louis, do we? No. Uh, my guess is somewhere in the six to seven game range, and for some that might sound like a lot. That's like a 14, 13 or 14 game uh, regular season ban. But given his track record, I'd say that it's probably going to be pretty hefty in the playoffs. NHL insider Frank Cervelli joining us. He's got the DFO Rundown podcast. Frank, let's uh, put your GM's hat on here. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, what gets it done? On a uh, what's the what what makes sense numbers wise and term wise? Um, for both the Oilers and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I say five times five and a half. Oh, oh I, I'd, I'd be surprised if Rick Vallette uh, ended up taking that. I think there'd be a lot of fans that would be comfortable with that for sure. Tyson Berry, does he hit the open market? He does. Uh, I think the Oilers are well positioned moving forward with someone like Evan Bouchard. That number one power play has proven year over year that it can adapt and, and, and reshape itself with someone new quarterbacking it. And I think that it's going to be successful almost no matter who's in the mix. And that's not a slight on Tyson Barry. Um, I've been singing his praises for years uh, to see him bounce back confidence wise was so big for him and his career. And I just think that there's going to be better opportunities elsewhere for him dollar wise at a moment in his career when he probably needs to cash in. Adam Larson term. And, Adam Larson uh, remains an oiler. I believe. Okay. And uh, there was there was progress made, I think, with the Oilers and Larson's camp over the last few weeks. Uh, not talking actively during the playoffs, but I think both sides are optimistic at this point that they can get something done in the three or four year range once the playoffs wrap. So, assuming they re-sign Nugent Hopkins on left side, they'd have the money to add another left wing. 
Got a name out there that would make sense for the Oilers? Not off the top of my head. I wonder about a guy like Mike Hoffman. Um, I know that he wasn't exactly a, a perfect fit in St. Louis, but you need a finisher, and that's really the one thing that's missing from this group at the moment. He's been pretty consistent that way, that way, and I think he'd be a pretty decent fit if you could get the right numbers to work. What do you think Tomash Tatar gets? Because I don't think he's going to re-sign in Montreal. I, it's a good question. I, I don't know. Um, he's one of those guys that I had to double-check while I was doing my free agent list to make sure that he was actually only 30 years old. He, for whatever reason, I think of him as being much older than that. Um, I, I, I can't. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what kind of term a guy like him is going to get. That's the real problem when I have handicapping this. Frank, uh, you're a free agent. Uh, my guess is you'll be signed shortly. We'll be looking forward to watching that. Again, uh, the DFO uh, Rundown podcast uh, that you've got going on. Best of luck. Uh, continued success. You know what? Uh, now that you are a free agent, I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, we, if we can find a, uh, a potential advertiser for a segment, might uh, might might work, man. That's all I'm going to throw out there. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll have to get back to you. I'll put you on my list. There, there you go. Well, you know, I know I'm in Edmonton. I'm this, this, this little, this little player out, this little minnow out in Edmonton. We'll see if we can make it happen. Thanks a lot, Frank. Thanks for having me, Bob. Take care. You bet. That is Frank Saravalli joining us on Oilers Now. It is 1:23 in Edmonton. We'll tell you that guests in the show receive certificates to Japanese Village, open for takeout uh, orders. Full details at jvedmonton.ca. Japanese Village, Don and the staff of four locations in the city of Edmonton and uh, surrounding area to serve you. We'll take a quick time out, come back with our North Division report for Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence and get to some of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 127 in Edmonton. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, I've watched hockey, says this texter, uh, since the Gretzky area. And the only two times, says this texter, I was ever uncomfortable watching hockey was the Jujar KO and the Tavares incident, uh, the Tavares incident last night. Scary stuff. I would say you've got a recency bias. I mean, I can, man, I mean, if you're watching since the Gretzky era, how about when, um, Brian Marchman fell into the Dallas bench? I mean, that was, that was scary. Um, Steve McIntyre knocking out Ritus Ivanins. We mentioned uh, Luke Gazdick. How about when Luke Gazdick knocked out Kevin Westgarth? I mean, those are incidents of other knockouts just in the, on the fight stuff. And then with the head, I'll give you one from Junior. I remember when Dion Phaneuf crushed Rostislav Olish in like the 03 or oh, it would have been the 04. I think it was the 04 World Junior Championship. I mean, he just destroyed him. And the kid was obviously under duress at that time on the ice. So those things happen. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 7804960063. We go to our North Division report brought to you by Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. Here's Brendan Escott. Uh, Montreal knocked off Toronto 2 uh, 1 in game one last night. Uh, Paul Byron, the game winner, shorthanded about midway through the third. So game two for them tomorrow in Toronto before it shifts back to Montreal for games three and four Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we talked enough about John Tavares. 
Tavares. But uh, hockey, oh, hockey on your radio all weekend long here as the series shifts out to Winnipeg after tonight. Game 3 on Sunday, 5.30 puck drop. And then the league uh, doubling down, confirming that Game 4 between the Oilers and Jets scheduled now. 7.45 on Monday night. But remember... Uh, 5 o'clock face-off show this evening and then a 7 o'clock puck drop. Jack and Bob. Brought to you by Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. Finding your dream home, listing your old home, it all starts at soldtodayedmonton.ca. Find it, love it, move in. Real knowledgeable sports fan Colin has just uh, texted in to say, uh, Bob, remember Boyd Devereaux at the blue line uh, convulsing on the ice? And that was courtesy of a hit from Dallas Strike who used to just destroy guys, skate right through them all the time, got them right in the sternum. That was a scary one as well. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford is a 10-time President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. Uncle Milt drove around uh, Wetaskiwin the last couple days, got a couple extra... Uh, ball bearings or so. Uh, what are those, 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 like, those bowl things that were really popular about 10, 12 years ago? I guess they got them. Anyways, Uncle Melt was telling me that they're currently really low on used vehicle inventory at Brent Ridge Ford and now makes the perfect time for you to sell. Let the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand. You can reach them. Uh, you can call them at 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. Off to a global News weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And then no bull coming up next. Uh, Cam Connor, great storyteller, and he's got two or three doozies when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.